Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Somebody that, uh, that who, whose trivia chops are absolutely unparalleled is Brian Kilmeade, uh, anchor of Fox & Friends, New York Times bestselling author. He hosts more shows than I can list in the course of a four-hour program, and he's, of course, heard on WABC every day from 10 a.m. to noon. Brian, it's great to talk with you again. How are you? Uh, Frank, thanks for letting me join your uh, your successful train here. I would say I did not know your son's middle name. Well, see, I gave it. If he listens, I gave it as a, a few a few hints throughout the program. So, so I, I will reflect that that you're, you you okay. listen later in the show. That's why you uh, didn't know. So. Um, okay. But that's okay. Hey, uh, so great job on Gutfeld last night. Thank you. Um, now, when you do, clearly, when you do Fox and Friends, you guys have a good time, but there's a lot of hard news. It's a lot of serious stuff that you guys cover. But then you do Gutfeld. It's a much more lighthearted exchange. Do you find it a challenge to, to go from serious to pretty, I don't want to call it silly, but a lot lighter presentation of the news within the same day? No, I mean, uh, the fact that I, I, I get a green light uh, to do it, like when you do that show, it's under the offices of Fox News. Now, mm. if someone just said, hey, Brian, go across the street and uh, there's a comedy show, uh, you're allowed to do it. Then I, I got to regulate myself because I'm out of the Fox. Like, I know if I'm on Fox, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not live. So I, I really have no no problem with that, and a lot of that stuff, you know, you collaborate during the day. I've only I've, he's only been out, he's only he's been on less than a year. Shows a runaway success. This is his first week. He's actually out, so he'll miss a day here and there. So to fill in and everything, you, it's almost like you walk over, you have a gotcha. brand new staff, you sit around, you give ideas. Next thing you know, you're you're uh, rehearsing at six, you're you're on at six thirty, and you're done. So it's a it's a brand new field, but the fact that it's at Fox and it's okay it gives me freedom Neat. to act yourself. No, that's uh, that's. Are you doing Gutfeld uh, at all any any days the rest of the week? No, they cannot afford me. Uh, <laughs> Dana Perino, and then Pete Hegseth on Friday. Uh, cool. Hey, what was that lapel pin that you were wearing? It was it was an interesting looking lapel pin, but I couldn't make it out. Oh, it's. Uh, uh, American flag and an NYPD shield. Oh, that's neat. That's uh, that's great. Um, crime, not surprisingly, is the big issue in cities all across America, including New York. And um, a lot of folks thought that that coupled with inflation would be one of the many things that uh, leads to a red wave in the midterm elections this year. This election in upstate New York, this special election where uh, Marcus Molinaro lost to Pat Ryan, folks are saying that shows that maybe the swing voters are a lot more worked up about the abortion issue than inflation, crime and a bunch of these other things. Uh, do you think that that congressional election shows that maybe this red wave is not going to be as big a tsunami as people were expecting? I mean, people are saying that uh, because of uh, Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs decision. And they say uh, when it comes to these purple states, you know, not the Oklahomas uh, of the world, not the Nebraskas, but perhaps not the Texas, 
uh, although you have some diverse cities there, that people are saying, well, you know, I'm just not comfortable with going to zero weeks abortion, like making it illegal. Some uh, uh, proposing not even if it's the health of the mother. And that seems to be putting it somewhat in play. But in terms of just flat-out performance, the taxes, uh, the inflation, the Defense Department, the Afghanistan um, uh, you know, where, where uh, you know this now the student loan forgiveness. Mm. I mean, those things and the school boards. Uh, what's happening with education? What's happening with pronouns? What's happening with your your first grader being taught you don't have you can pick a gender? All that stuff will will I think play a more dominant role than the general media is talking about. But it's something. That, I mean, I've seen Republicans say, "Listen, we're getting a little concerned." And now Nancy Pelosi seems to have a bounce in her step, although I think she's gone anyway. I don't, I don't think the House in jeopardy is the margin of victory, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's still going to be a problem because Republicans are pretty much on the same page in terms of legislation. But the House is going to come into individual fights. But notice, Dr. Oz on the offense again. Fetterman's a terrible candidate coming off a stroke and clearly not recovered. Herschel Walker within the margin of error. Uh, they are covering a 45-minute speech, finding one sentence they don't like and making him seem like he's out of touch and not smart. It is just the opposite. Uh, I think that what Republicans got to do is just make sure that the Democrats define themselves. I mean, why are we even looking in Pennsylvania at Fetterman, who's against fracking? I mean, how do you possibly expect to win and be against fracking? Joe Biden lied and said, I'm not against fracking. But you know he's against fracking, and there's been, uh, there's been almost no new permits given, and there's no pipeline between Boston and Massachusetts. It's a joke. They rather buy natural gas from Venezuela, perhaps. I'm not sure. So uh, I think that the Republicans don't feel as confident. But keep in mind, Frank, you and I are, are on the crazy side. We don't take a day off from <laughs> this. But most people are not zoned in until after Labor Day. Right. Right. Uh, now, that's certainly true. Hey, one of the Senate races which uh, is more competitive than I expected it to be is this race in uh, in Florida, where, according to some polls, Val Demings is actually leading Senator Marco Rubio. Um, we'll see what happens there. But one of the problems that I think the Democrats have had in some of these key races is the same problem that a lot of the Republicans have had in some of these competitive seats, which is the kind of candidates that are winning primaries. A lot of folks say that if uh, Republicans had picked a stronger candidate for a uh, number of seats that are in, for statewide office this year, they'd be better positioned to win in states like Pennsylvania and uh, and elsewhere. In Florida, it seems like the Democrats, for all the movement that there is towards progressivism and Democratic Socialists of America and the far left, it seems like they ended up picking fairly moderate candidates. With Val Demings, at least her resume suggests that she takes law enforcement seriously because she's a former police chief. And in the governor's race there, they actually nominated a former Republican governor, Charlie Crist. How do you see Florida playing out this year in terms of both the gubernatorial election and the U.S. Senate race? Well, look, uh, we have a lot of stations in Florida. I think I have 12. And uh, Marco Rubio is going to be on early next week. He was on television with us this week. I talked to him in the break. He goes, it's going to be a decent race. But he goes, he's got 57 uh, sheriff's departments uh, of 61 who have endorsed him. And she's the law, uh, law enforcement candidate. He says her record's left wing. Uh, Marco Rubio is extremely popular in that state. You know, listen, we know, what he, you know Trump beat him in the state. And people are like, well, he's not as popular. And he was the whiz kid. He's very popular. He's just not more popular than Donald Trump. 
And the thing is, the guy actually shows up and works for a living. So with Trump, and I've talked to him offline, too, and I said, what do you think? You know, I know you and Trump didn't get along. He was about a year and a half in. He said, Brian. He goes, he basically gave me, vet, you know, Central and South America. I'm his number one top advisor on this. So what he knows in foreign policy, when he knows of the threats in China, what he feels as though when he knows with immigration, because he lives it as a Cuban, uh, his dad came over here from Cuba as a refugee. I, I think is, and you know what, how popular, uh, you know, what Little Havana means to Miami, not only the state, they are a power source and they love Marco Rubio. So I think it's a five point win for Rubio. And that, uh, and that uh, the poll they told me is an email poll, like the same email poll that had Lee Zeldin trailing by 24 points. Throw them out. When you, whenever all our listeners are listening right now, when you see a poll that was done by email, just toss it out. Because it's no one can do an effective poll these days because they can't catch up with us. We're not on hard lines anymore. And then the cell phones and the prefix, you don't even know what, where I if – if I move to Florida tomorrow, I'm taking um, 516 with me. <laughs> so everyone has is clueless about where people are located these days. So the polls are really less valid as we move for, further and further into the cellular age than ever. I do wonder the value of any of these polls these days. I mean, I, I think uh, not only the Trump election, but even internationally, issues like Brexit and a bunch of other issues. Uh, we've seen the polling not accurately reflect how people vote. And yet uh, those of us in the press, we still report on these polls as if they're as if they're breaking news. And I, I think we've got to sort of get out of that habit of uh, giving all this weight to uh, to poll numbers. Hey, uh, where are you coming down? Yeah, Frank, can I, can please, I also yeah, add please. one thing to that? Is, isn't that, don't you think, why people doubt the election results oh, all the time? 100 percent. 100 percent. Absolutely. Hey, uh, I know that it's sad on the one hand, but it's funny on the other. How are you analyzing uh, each person's handling of this Eric Adams versus Greg Abbott feud over the migrants? It doesn't appear that the buses that are coming from Texas to New York are going to be stopping anytime soon. And it doesn't appear that the war of, uh, of words between these two leaders is going to be start- stopping anytime soon. The problem is New York doesn't have a leg to stand on. Uh, a sanctuary city here in New York City. You come, you can stay. We welcome all immigrants. Well, guess what? Go to the Port Authority and we got some brand new ones. As they are now greeted with a big handshake. They don't look like refugees, man. None of them uh, look like they're starving, put it that way. Uh, also, single men. Uh, you can't get a job in your country as a single man, really. You're supposed to be turned around at the border for the most part, uh, except, I think, for unless you're Mexican. So everybody else should be turned around. Uh, we understand today, I'll give you this information, four more buses coming to New York City today uh, between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. And they're getting more and more packed because the illegals are saying, Texas, small-town Texas, not nearly as great as big-time New York City. And they're being dumped here. So guess what? We're going to clear out floors on great hotels, and we're going to put them right there. And eventually, you'll be renting a hotel like that or your loved ones, and we've got to wonder what those rooms are going to be like. Maybe they can order room service as well. So if Democrats don't understand that this matters, 
that is going to think they're going to continue to lose the Hispanic vote, number one, because Ameri- the American and Hispanic community are not happy about it. And number two, this is going to affect everybody. So those liberal parents going to school and going, uh, how was school today? Good. Uh, our class of 15 is now 28. Mm. And uh, uh, those 14 people don't speak English. So I just sit in class, uh, mom and dad, and I don't really get much attention because we're doing translations all day long as we teach the fourth grader how to read. So everyone's going to be affected by this. Yeah, I mean, uh, if this uh, continues unabated, uh, we might have to learn Spanish just to uh, keep up with where the market is going in the in the ra- the radio market's going here in New York. But uh, I, I, on the one hand, you know, I try to have some fun with this stuff. But on the other, you wonder how long this can continue, and it doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. I mean, New York does have a finite amount of school seats, a finite amount of social services, and a finite amount of four hundred dollar night hotel rooms. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And by the way, the hotel's got to start standing for something. Look, if you're a Hilton, if you're uh, any of these hotels, just make a stand. Listen, I, I know things have been tough, but can you possibly just stand up and go, I'm not taking money from the city uh, to house illegals. I, and you know, even if you use inflated dollars, I'm here to service uh, tourists and, and New Yorkers. I'm not here to service illegal immigrant shelter. I mean, that's not why you go to a hotel. You're supposed to come here and feed into our system. There's a shelter for that. By the way, we're all paying for all this. And I feel bad for the people of Texas, even though they have no choice. They're paying for their own wall. They're paying for these buses. They're paying for the transportation. They're paying for the food for a 30- to 40-hour ride. Uh, and they're paying for the gas. And the bus driver's got to come all the way back again. So this is because the federal government's not doing their job. And it, I find it criminal that Democrats aren't even speaking up and saying, listen, I might be a Democrat, but this is absolutely out of control. I can't be in a country that lets 4 million people in illegally. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly wild. Hey, uh, you tweeted something uh, earlier yesterday um, in context of this new announcement from President Biden on the student loan forgiveness from uh, it was an article in The Daily Caller in which they excerpted a portion of Speaker Nancy Pelosi's remarks about the president's ability to do loan forgiveness. This is what uh, Speaker Pelosi said at the time. People think that the president of the United States, is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know? People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. And then, uh, lo and behold, yesterday, President Biden comes out and says, My campaign for president, I made a commitment. I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief. And I'm honoring that commitment today. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education, we will forgive $10,000 in outstanding federal student loans. Do you see there being litigation over this because of the statements that Pelosi made saying that this is really Congress's thing? Or uh, do you see the uh, political benefit to the uh, to the Democrats being so significant that uh, there's going to be very little contention over this? I think there's a lot of tension. I think that somebody's got to bring this forward, and I don't think it should be the Republican Party, uh, but I just think someone's got to challenge this. The 36-year-old listening to us right now that just paid off this dude loan, when they get married to a couple, uh, goes ahead and one of the part of their budget is their student loan, but they put their money together and say, listen, I have an obligation. I'm going to pay it off. Well, excuse me? Uh, the president's got a press conference. Uh, okay, put the sound up. 
okay, we're going to forgive $10,000, and if you're eligible for Pell Grant, which means you're really financially strapped, that means you can be up to 20000 So how is that fair to the 50-year-old? How is that fair to the, to the electrician that never went to college because right. they want to go to a trade school or any construction worker or plumber listening right now? Really? Uh, money's coming out of my budget? Uh, coming out of my uh, my tax dollars instead of I don't know and anything else that I'm um, that I'm from roads and bridges, uh, in order to allow people who chose a college that they knew would put them uh, cause them to take out a student loan. Now I got to worry about that. I think there are more people offended by this than benefited by this. And the one thing I've been told. The underappreciated thing that's got to be reined in is demanding the interest rates. Do you know the the prime rate is about five now? Mm-hmm. Do you know that some of these student loans are at ten? Wow. I mean, that to me, if he says I am going to demand that you keep the 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 rate on it on interest down to the prime rate, that that to me is okay. Listen, we're in an inflationary cycle. The numbers are going up. You know, we're getting close to Jimmy Carter era. I'm going to I'm going to cut a, a couple points off interest rate. Good. You're still holding your obligation, and you just understand the thing of the times, and then we can debate that. But that's a nuance compared to forgiveness, which means somebody else pays. I think he's going to have more negative, and there's a reason why he waited 18 months, because they know there's a downside to this. He would have done this right away if it was that easy with that much of a downside. That's why the debate was. Elizabeth Warren and, and um, Senator Bernie Sanders are mad. They wanted the, everybody's loan forgiven, period. Yeah, it's uh, certainly going to be interesting to see how this uh, this plays out. Very quickly, radio and television, what can folks look forward to seeing from you today? Well, I got uh, on uh, One Nation on Saturday, uh, I, I got uh, Jerry Kushner, mm-hmm. so he's going to be with us. I'm also going to be uh, talking with Jamie Lissau, who you've seen on uh, Gutfeld. The guy uh, lives in the news space uh, on stand-up. Uh, so he's going to be he's going to be with us as well. We're working on a few things, including Thomas Jefferson's house. Do you know uh, Thomas Jefferson in 1819 founded the University of Virginia? Do you know these idiotic students want to get him his name off everything in the University of Virginia, even take down the buildings he designed? Uh, that is going to be debated uh, on. We we'll talk about forgetting about our past and looking to our future. In terms of today, Kevin Brady's going to be with us, make sense of the student loan from the Republican perspective. It won't be. Uh, Mark Thiessen on the results from the primaries as we close out the primary season. Uh, Rich Lowry, David Avella uh, from the uh, GOP network, uh, and Charlie Hurt. So those are the things we're going to be talking about. And, of course, we'll, we'll lead with Stuart. Uh, we're going to lead with the uh, loan forgiveness. Cool. And uh, I trust you, speaking of uh, having college tuition to pay for, I trust you had a good trip to New Orleans? Uh, yeah. Uh, that was uh, interesting. And then for looking up, putting on television, saying, look out for carjacking. <laughs> it's now the number one, sorry, Newark, the number one carjacking city. So we're all kind of worried about that uh, because crime is out of control. And the second biggest story in New Orleans is nobody wants to be a cop. So I'm thinking to myself, did uh, supporting this, was this a good idea? Ugh, well, it's uh, it's certainly going to be uh, an adventure. All right, uh, Brian, uh, thank you as always. We'll watch you on Fox and Friends. We'll be listening to you on radio. Thank you. Go get him, Frank. Listen a- to you too. A- 800-848-9222 if you want to comment. We'll do 15 seconds of fame in just a moment. Say whatever you like for 15 seconds. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 